Hey everyone, Adam here with the Shooter's Touch. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When Brian and I were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had tons of questions. How do we record an episode? How do we get my show into all the apps like Spotify, Apple Podcast, where all of our listeners can listen to it? How do I make money from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is actually pretty simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free, and it is honestly ridiculously easy to use. Now, Anchor can match you with your great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast immediately. In fact, that's what I'm doing right now by reading all of this stuff to you. So, when Brian and I started this podcast venture, one of our huge issues was we both have families, multiple kids, day jobs, multiple jobs sometimes. How are we going to get in the same spot at the same time to do this podcast on a regular basis? Anchor does that. No need to be in the same spot. It's essentially a phone call to one another and you're recording a podcast. So if you always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, you need to go to anchor.fm backslash start to join me and Shooter's Touch and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm backslash start. I can't wait to hear from you and to listen to your podcast. Welcome to Arch Madness Week, Shooter's Touch fans. I'm Adam here with Brian again. And Brian, we have a, a good weekend of basketball here. And uh, we're going to talk also about some awards for the end of the year here and uh, just kind of talking before we hit record and um, you know, you and I and Drake got uh, got a few people on those awards lists. Yeah, they did. Uh, they did a nice job. Um, obviously, both teams and um, the successes that they had this year, they were they were rewarded at the awards ceremony. Yeah, and that's that's always good to see, especially when you follow a team or two teams so so closely here. Um, you know, and we're gonna also kind of preview their their games. Um, I guess coming up here in the first or, or second, or however you look at it, of the Missouri Valley tournament. Um, but first, we'll start off with the Panthers here and just kind of going down this list, you know, uh, not a lot of, uh, you know, surprise here. Haldeman uh, was co-sixth man of the year. Uh, you know, I thought he was a shoe-in for that with just how he performed um, in in the second half of the year. You know, he was the reason they won probably four to five games in the last eight or nine games. Um, AJ Green, you know, as we, as we had talked about, he was in a kind of a two man race with DJ Wilkins. He took home freshman of the year. Uh, he got on the all freshman team and all newcomer team. Um, and another, another one that, that not really a surprise was I, Isaiah Brown on the all defensive team. Um, you know, he, <clears throat> he was the majority of the games this year stuck on the other team's best, best offensive player. Um, and was tasked with that, with that for the majority of the game. So you know, as I'm, as I mentioned, kind of a, a lot of awards here, but you know, with just those couple mentioned, not a lot of surprise. Yeah, no, I, you know, obviously going through and you and I even kind of talked about it too with uh, uh, AJ Green and obviously DJ Wilkins and that, that freshman of the year, we knew it was going to be a close race. And I think, uh, you know, obviously it could have gone either way, but AJ really stepped out down the stretch too. And in their last couple of games when you and I started to seem to be, um, playing their better basketball and uh, you know he was still leading the team and in, in scoring and doing a lot of things having the ball in his hands a lot of the time and um, yeah and then once he made all freshman and all newcomer team 
So those awards came out before the those player of the year uh, awards came out. I, I figured for sure with him being the only freshman on that newcomer team that he was a shoe in for that, uh, that a freshman award. And sure enough, uh, it went that way. And like I said, definitely, definitely well-deserved. And so, um, yeah, it's obviously, obviously there's only really one stat that, you know, any of us ever really play for and that's wins and losses. But uh, at the end of the day, it's also, it's also good to be recognized for the hard work and, uh, and the job you did throughout the year. Absolutely. And with those, you know, with, with those awards that weren't, weren't a big surprise to us, you know, there were a couple um, of surprises for, I guess, both teams and, and uh, one of them being, you know, Luke McDonald on the, on the all improved team, you know, very, uh, he got put into kind of a tough situation this year uh, with Austin Fife uh, on the, on, on the injured list for most of the year. And, you know, Luke McDonald was kind of shoved into that starter role where he's never really been before. Um, you know, a lot of the games he was, undersized and easily easily kind of pushed around there but he worked hard every game you know he's very skilled under the basket and uh you know a very skilled passer as as we saw a few times uh over the over the course of the year where he led the team in assists and you typically don't see a big man doing that so uh so congrats on that Luke too and um he uh he has his name on the all 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 improved team here but uh and now we'll pop on over to Drake Bulldogs, where they had a had a decent award season as well. Um, you know, first things first here with Coach DeVries winning the Coach of the Year. Um, you know, I don't think that it's a surprise to anybody that he did that. Um, you know, when your team is selected ninth uh, preseason poll and you end up finishing finishing tied for first in the league, that uh, that screams Coach of the Year to me. Yeah, absolutely. We and we kind of talked leading up to this. Uh podcast too about um how he was it was pretty much a shoe in for that and you know honestly should be probably considered on the national scale as well um given the circumstances in which that he kind of inherited and uh, the job that he's done um you know getting to 23 wins and we'll see what happens here uh in the in the conference tournament but uh yeah heck of a story um obviously feel good for him um you know it's one of those things where it more than paid his dues um as far as being an assistant and, you know, not just taking any head job, it was, you know, the Drake job was the one that he kind of always had his eyes on. And so, uh, you know, it, it just makes you feel, it makes you feel good as a Drake fan or uh, just a fan of basketball or a fan of coaching, even that, uh, you know, this guy has, um, was able to have the success so quickly, um, you know, that he's earned and deserved. And, uh, uh, you know, I was looking at uh, the article on it real briefly and it, and it looked like out of the, of a possible 45, votes he received 44 first place votes um which which poses the question to me um one what was that person thinking who didn't vote him for first place uh as as coach of the year and if at all possible whether or not that was coach DeVries himself that obviously didn't want to give himself that credit right it, it it's either got to be him or some homer beat writer who who uh who cast a vote for his hometown coach uh because i you know you talk about, you know, you, you talk about Loyola and you know, Porter Moser, who was <clears throat> probably, you know, just because his team finished tied for first, probably, probably the second place, um, you know, but even, even that, I mean, his, his team underperformed, uh, you know, in a lot of people's opinions, Loyola Chicago did. So, um, you know, congrats to Coach DeVries, you know, well-deserved, as you mentioned, it's an awesome story. Um, you know, him actually applying for the Drake job twice before he actually got it. Um, 
and uh and and you know now having the the success that he's having here his first year so uh and uh you know like moving on to the players here they had some they had some success this award season too brian yeah absolutely obviously starting with nick mcglenn who you know we talked about and as a possible player of the year candidate um in which that he he obviously did not win but uh pretty much cleaned house on everything else uh getting first team um all defensive team and then he did go ahead and win defensive player of the year uh he was second in the league i believe with blocks at 52 and then led the league in rebounding uh so well deserved honor there and then he made the all academic team but then one step further was also ended up getting named uh scholar athlete of the year um so which is which is great i mean obviously <laughs> Uh, from all accounts and everything um, that we've talked about with him, good kid, good basketball player, um, you know, and just really kind of improved. And, uh, you know, going back to the whole coaching thing and, and four years at Drake and the number of coaches in which that he's been through and the unknown and the, uh, all the circumstances in which that he's overcome, it, you know, definitely well-deserved and nice to see him take home so many awards. For sure. And he, and you mentioned in there, Brian, that, you know, you, uh, um, you feel really good about all these awards for him because he has had to endure some really tough years. Um, not just, not just as a, as a, as a player himself, you know, but on, uh, you know, the collective team with a couple coaches, um, <clears throat> you know, some, some teams with, with terrible records. And, and so to see him kind of go out like this is a, is, is a feel, feel good story. Um, you know, if nothing else, and he did, he, he cleaned, he cleaned house, you know, on the defensive end, uh, on the offensive end, I'm sure, I'm sure that, you know, he was right up there, probably, probably number two or three spot for player of the year, um, getting on first team and then, you know, scholar athlete, most improved defensive player of the year. And the list goes on and on for Nick McGlynn. Yeah. And, and you, you know, obviously a share for the title, um, if they're, if they're somehow able to surpass Loyola and that, um, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he was standing in that top spot as far as player of the year. But right. you know, when you when you have Loyola, who is back to back conference champions, it's kind of hard to go away from him. And you know, credit Towns, he did have a good year as well. Um, but like you mentioned earlier, it's just you know, Loyola by all by all accounts from you know from last year and what the expectations were coming in, obviously underachieved. And so um, it is one of those things that you know that that does kind of leave a little bit of a sour taste in your mouth, but. Uh, uh, I don't. I don't think that uh, Nick McGlynn should hang his head for a second, uh, given given the successes that he's had, and obviously more basketball to play. So, um, moving off on then to uh, Brady Ellingson got second team and then was on the newcomer um, team as well, uh, which you know no surprise there really. Um, I think on either one of those, um, and then uh, DJ Wilkins becoming or on the freshman team again as we talked about earlier with him being right there, the race for freshman of the year, um, no surprise as well. And so, yeah, it was, uh, it was a good day, um, or I guess day and a half or however it ended up working out for, um, for the Bulldogs and to be able to, um, bring home some hardware. Yeah, it was. And, you know, good to see, as I, as I kind of mentioned before at the start of this podcast that, you know, it's good to, it's good to see so much hardware coming back to the state of Iowa, especially when you're following these two teams. So, so closely here, um, and now, now they got, <clears throat> now they got a couple big games, um, here, uh, here this afternoon or, or probably this evening, actually, um, you know, when the, when the Bulldogs square off, um, against Evansville or Illinois state and, uh, the Panthers got Southern Illinois here. So, you know, kind of jumping into the, the UNI SIU game, 
um, these two teams played 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 a couple real close games um, here here this year. Uh, one of them that was in Carbondale wasn't uh, as close as as um, you know as the score probably probably uh, probably shows, but. Uh, in that game, you and I was up by 21, I think, at halftime or sometime in the second half and ended up losing by 11. Um, so uh, a horrible second half by the Panthers there. You know, Southern Illinois, their, their uh, I guess, players kind of pose a, a problem for Northern Iowa. Um, their, their big guy down low, Pippen, is very skilled down there. He's very big, tall, strong. Um, and as we kind of talked about here before, um, you know, Luke McDonald being on the, being on, on the all improved team, kind of being thrown into that, uh, that, you know, starting role, not the biggest guy in the world, not the strongest guy in the world, um, you know, but plays hard so that that helps him in certain situations. But uh, you know, that'll, that'll be a key matchup in my eyes, um, you know, watching how that, that matchup progresses because Pippen is, is a skilled player, um, you know, nephew of the, the great Scotty Pippen. Um, and so that'll be that'll be one matchup that I'll be watching in that game. Yeah, it should be interesting to see because I was actually just as you were talking, pulling back, going back and looking at the numbers. Um, you know, the last time those two teams played, um, I feel like there was something I can't for some reason I can't remember. But Pippen only played 15 minutes and had two points um, the last time these two teams played. But uh, everybody else kind of picked up the slack. I mean, they had pretty balanced scoring against the Panthers. Uh, 13, 16, 17, 16. And so, um, you, you know, like you mentioned, it, it, I, I 100% agree Pippen is an absolute handful um, size and skilled. You know, coming in, he had a little bit of a suspension, was a suspension or injury to start the year. Um, and so had a little bit of a slow go to get to, to start with. But, to, you know, coming into the year, I think he was one of those players too that most people had on their short list as far as players of the year in the league as well. Right. Yep. Um, you know, and it didn't, it, it didn't obviously shake out that way for me. It was kind of a tough time getting things going, but, uh, you know, that's uh, the talent's still there. And so, yeah, you're, you're, you're totally right. And now, you know, now we're in a situation, um, you know, neutral court, um, you know, lights are a little bit brighter and it's a must win situation. And so you're going to have to neutralize him and, and hopefully, uh, play, play better basketball like the Panthers have here as late of late. Yeah, you know, you you mentioned the um, the you know the the scoring last game, uh, you know, disbursement for the for the Salukis, and you know we talk about we talk about the the front court for them, you know, Pippen obviously, but they have some good guards. I mean, um, their their guard coming off the bench um, last game in Carb- Carbondale, um, his name is Darius uh, B. Yeah. And he, um, yeah. So Darius Bean <clears throat> had a, had a cool six, 16, most of those being in the second half uh, when they went on that <clears throat> incredible run, breaking that 21 point lead and, you know, it's turning into uh, an 11 point in 11 point victory. But um, <clears throat> so they got good guard play too. So our guards are going to have to have to get down and defend, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully cover up some of the, um, you know, of those, of those ball screens that the Salukis like to, like to set. And, uh, you know, it'll be a, it'll be a tough matchup for the, for the Panthers defensively. And I think, you know, the Achilles heel of you and I, the entire year has, has been their offense. You know, we'll, they'll have, they'll have 50, whatever, 50 some points one game. And then the next game they'll, 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 uh, they'll break 80. And so it's just kind of been up and down. And, you know, obviously the more points you score, the, 
better chance they have to win, but um, you know, the, it'll be a, it'll be a struggle on the defensive end for them as well. I think. Yeah. And like I said, defense, we've been saying it all year, defense travels. And so, um, you know, you get down there and uh, as you take a look, obviously defense is going to be the big thing you're going to have to hang your hat on. Hopefully you can kind of catch some fire and, and start making some shots. Um, you know, because obviously it is, it isn't a one and done or, you know, Hey, just got to win one type of mentality you got to go down there locked in and, and hopefully give yourself a chance to, 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 to rip off a few games. Right. And, um, it should be, uh, it should be a pretty, or it should be a pretty competitive game. Um, hopefully that, uh, you know, we can, we can watch here. At, I, I think that's a late game, eight, eight 30. I think that starts. So, yeah, um, uh, so, well, Hey, let's, uh, let's jump into the Bulldogs. I know we don't know. We're recording this on a Thursday night, and uh, we don't officially know who the Bulldogs are going to be playing right now. Um, you know, but it's it's between Evansville and Illinois State. Uh, you know, Illinois State got got the Bulldogs clipped them a couple times times this year. Um, but as as you know, as uh, as you know, basketball players here, me and you, Brian, we it's always the hardest to beat a team three times in a year. So um, you know, Evansville got a has a couple of good good players too. So I don't think it's going to be easy for the Bulldogs, but um, you know, they'll have a have a tough matchup tomorrow night either either way I think yeah and I actually have the game on here right now um as we're talking and um early early on but um Illinois State has a two-point lead um who you know like you mentioned I one I would kind of anticipate more than likely that Illinois State um will end up taking this game um just based off of what I've seen from both these two teams but um with that being the case, like you mentioned, yeah, they were the only team other than Loyola, I guess, to to, to get the Bulldogs twice. And, um, you know, in both those matchups, actually, the Bulldogs really, really kind of struggled um, offensively, um, as we've talked this year with the Bulldogs and their, the pace they like to play and get out and get out and score. Um, they were not able to do so against Illinois State uh, either time they played. Um, and, and a big part of that is actually credit to, credit to Illinois State and um, what they were doing defensively, uh, you know, I know the first time, the first time out, they doubled a lot in the post and um, were kind of flying all over. They got some athletic guards that are able to close down space pretty quickly, and so they were doubling McGlynn pretty hard, and and he was either um, having to to try to attack uh, two or kick out, and you know, shots weren't falling, and um, you know, the first time out, the Bulldogs only scored fifty five points against them, and. And then actually um, here down the stretch when, when Drake was playing some of their better basketball, then uh, they came in and got the, got the Bulldogs again, 60-67. Uh, and so kept, kept, the, kept the Bulldogs under that 65 number that we've, we've talked about before that the Bulldogs got to get up over and, um, you know, just de- defensively seem to have their number. Um, like you mentioned, hopefully it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's hard to beat a team three times and, you know, that truly is the case and, you know, have an extra day to be able to prepare and obviously prepare for both teams, but, you know, taking a closer look at Illinois state, um, I would, I would hope that Drake would be able to come out and come ready to go. Um, as the way that things have gone with the Bulldogs, you know, we haven't even mentioned the fact that, you know, DJ Wilkins will obviously be out with the foot injury, um, you know, which is huge for the Bulldogs. We've obviously praised his ability and the stuff that we've seen him do on the floor, um, the, the biggest thing I think is just going to be that minutes void. I mean, he does so much for him on both ends of the floor, but, you know, led the team in minutes. And so now all of a sudden you got, 
you know, you got a good chunk of minutes there in which that you're going to have to uh, dig into that bench and um, get some of those guys to step up and, and fill that void as well as, you know, the other four starters got to kind of step up their role as well because, you know, like we mentioned with the Panthers, it's not a one-game deal. You know, if you're either one of these teams, you're, you're trying to go and win that whole thing and get that automatic bid, uh, you know, because other than that, nothing else is promised. So, yeah, and I think you're you're right. I mean, just looking at at the preseason standings, you know, one thing to mention is Illinois State was 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 picked to finish second behind Loyola, um, and I think a couple times they did actually show that that yeah, I mean, they can they can definitely come out and they can be a good team. I mean, they got um, Yarbrough down there, they have um, Faint down there in the front court, and like you mentioned, some very athletic guards. So. <clears throat> you know, I think they can come, they've obviously beat Drake twice, so they can beat the one of the top two teams in the league um, away and at, and at home. So neutral court, I think will be big. Um, Another thing that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't mention or don't, you know, think about is the fact that, you know, Illinois state has to play tonight. They're playing right now. It's nine, nine o'clock at night. The game will probably get over right around maybe 10, 15 or 10 30. Then they got to come right back tomorrow and play at six. And, you know, these are, these are young kids, young athletes, so you know it shouldn't uh, hinder them as much as it might hinder you and I, Brian. But uh, but it's still tough. You know they're not they're not used to this. They don't they don't have to do that this ever during the season. Sometimes you know besides the preseason tournaments once in a while. Um, and, right. And you mentioned you know DJ Wilkins being out too. Um, you know kind of <clears throat> kind of wondering who they'll who they'll throw in that starting spot. But you know a couple guys I I'm thinking here you know Garrett Sturts. Um, freshman never played down St. Louis never been a part of this um you know the Murphy twin who who might be athletic and stuff but is he you know he's probably I would say probably that swing three or four that you know might not be used to playing the three as much um and then after that you know it's it's kind of a toss-up you know you kind of wonder what uh what's coach DeVries gonna do he's gonna gonna have to earn that coach of the year award I think on the first night Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, like you mentioned, obviously not a deep team to begin with. And I think the biggest thing with with DJ was, um, you know, depending on the team and the matchups and where everything worked, I mean, he gave you another ball handler, another uh, a guy to be right. able to take care of the ball. And so, as you you know, as you look at possible options, whether it's Sturts or whether it's Murphy, um, you know, obviously very different players, um, you know, but then you also got to kind of look at the personnel and where you're at because, if you got Noah Thomas out there and he's running and you're out and you're running and you're making plays and at the rim, obviously Murphy's the better solution. If, you know, it's a little bit more of a, in a half court set, you know, maybe it starts as to get another ball handler if they're going to extend pressure. Um, you know, yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a challenge, you know, in either way, you know, say Evansville is able to um, pull out the win, you know, now all of a sudden it starts to become a little bit more of a size game. Um as far as, you know, inside, they have a couple big guys and, uh, you know, they want to, they don't want to push quite at the temple uh, as Drake does, but they work inside out. Um, and so depending on how that matchup would work as well, um, you know, definitely, definitely some things to prepare for. And, and like you said, the quick turnaround, I mean, as an athlete, everything is, uh, uh, you know, we're creatures of nature. And so w- w- the kind of the, the procedure and the, um, um, the the things in which that we go about to prepare for a game now all of a sudden basically yeah you change that because I mean like you said by the time these guys um, get done with this game and get showered and get wound down and all that stuff that you know you kind of get jacked up for your game and 
and get something to eat and all that. Um, you know, it's going to be pretty late and you know, they yeah. don't have a ton of time. Obviously they, their coaches are out and they, they already got their stuff prepared. Um, for Drake, assuming they win, but you know, the players haven't had the time to, to think about that. Cause you know, you can't overlook Evansville or anybody in this league for that matter. Yep. It'll be, it'll be interesting. And, you know, a couple, a couple big things to watch, watch tomorrow night. So exciting time. Um, just overall here, you know, we've talked about a couple last couple of podcasts. March is the best time of the year. Um, conference tournaments ramping up and for, for this podcast, for a lot of these listeners that we have, um, you know, it is, it is arch madness time. So got a, got a couple of good games, a couple of good teams to cheer for here um, the next couple of days. And uh, we will actually be back on Saturday with a, with a recap of the UNI and Drake games um, here on the podcast. So be sure to catch that Saturday morning uh, when we drop that and, you know, reach out to us, touch base with us on social networks. We're on, on Facebook, Shooters Touch, Twitter, and Instagram at Shooters Touch IA. Um, where we talk more about, you know, some of the stats and stuff like that. So, so let us, let us know what you think. And uh, we appreciate all the listeners and hopefully uh, we can talk to y'all very, very soon.